you know. But if no one comes, if I tell someone that I'm a Christian, but I do not reflect what a Christian should be, they'll be like, hmm, why do I want to be a Christian if look at Alex, the life that he lives, <laughs> look at his attitude. Well, and, when you, and when you look at liberty, liberty is what you're describing. It's, it's liberation from darkness. So it should produce joy. It should produce thankfulness in our lives. Like we should be grateful for the liberty that we get to enjoy every day. And it's, it's a liberty that comes from God. And God, you know, obviously is sovereignly over the earth. But this world is right now being dealt with by the redemption of God. You know, there's, it's, the kingdom of God is still breaking out into the earth. And that, liber- that liberty that we walk in is attached to the governance of heaven. It's attached to the throne room. You know, we're walking in a liberty in the earth from the throne room of God. And we have a different power source. And so when people look at us and they're not, we're not all freaked out about what's going on in the world, we're grounded and centered. That's actually supposed to help put God on display to the world around us. It's because it's the, the lifestyle that we live that allows the world to see God the way he should be seen the best of our abilities. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I want to throw a couple thoughts in here just from the dictionary I got these. Uh, I got all this cool Bible software, so I looked up the word liberty, and uh, out of the the New Bible Dictionary, I just wanted to highlight some things. So I think they they capture it pretty well, and they say that uh, deliverance from created forces that keep men from serving and enjoying their Creator. So that's liberty. Um, on the one hand, on the other hand, it, it the, the positive happiness of living in fellowship with God under His covenant in the place where He's pleased to be with his people. You know, that's that's so on the one hand, it's freedom from anything that blocks us from God, which I like to say is death and and, and God's wrath burns against death. So the, he's dealing with these things. He's, he's liberating his people. So salvation is good news. And, and part of the good news of salvation is I've been set free from the bondage of sin and from the bondage of myself and from the bondage of en- the enemy and all this dark stuff. And you know, it's, it's wrapped with like what you're saying, like all this good news that our neighbors can see about us, you know, and um, li- they, they say in this definition here, liberty is not man's own achievement, but a free gift of grace, something which apart from God's action, man does not possess at all. So, you know, this we're, we're not talking about saving ourselves, because once you become saved, you you receive the finished work of the cross. And so I always kind of say it this way, that we're not working, our good deeds don't earn salvation, but they do prove salvation. We're proving, you know, we're proving that we're saved. We're showing the world, look at, I'm liberated, I'm free. And there's a great freedom in Christ, you know. So, um, and then one of the thoughts here, I love this one, because this just kind of starts messing with some of the modern day church and the false liberty that you're bringing out. But it says, liberty does not mean independence of God. So another way to say that is, we're not free for freedom's sake. There's a purpose in our freedom. So what is that purpose? <laughs> you know, it says, uh, I mean, basically, and we can kind of get into this, we can kind of end on this point here, that the way that God sets men free from their captors and enemies is to make them his own slaves. Like, that's that's something we don't like to necessarily identify as a slave. You know, we, we think that liberty has everything to do with the opposite of slavery but the key to freedom in Christ, even the way you were painting the story of Adam and Eve, 
is that there was a they they were bond servants of the Lord. They they were meant to be uh, sons and daughters, but they were you know the word slave is offensive to our minds and our ears. But if we because Jesus taught it right, he said you can only love you can love the one master or hate the other. You'll mm-hmm. be devoted to wanting to despise the other. So mm-hmm. we have these choices we've got to make, and so. Uh, talk about that. What is what the heck? Why is the word slave of righteousness so offensive? Because in uh, Romans six, that's what Paul says. He says, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So why is that offensive to us? Well, we all know that there is a almighty. A lot of people call it a force and any day they call it something else. We call it God. Right. We know that there is someone who is. Powerful. Yeah. I'm pretty I I feel like maybe 99% of population or people they actually believe in not in the big bang theory, but they believe in someone created all this. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, we understand that this person that created this whole thing is gonna require things from us, and we don't want to commit. That's why we don't want to acknowledge that there is someone more powerful or there is someone powerful that created all this. Especially we put the title God, you know. Why? Because we all understand that God, it's it's pure, it's holy. And I'm called to be that way. I'm called to be like that. But wait a minute. I want to enjoy my freedom. I want to enjoy... (laughs) my things i want to do what i'm pleased to do and we don't understand that that is actually the strategy that the enemy uses to separate me from my creator i know who he is i actually call on call on to him when i'm in in in, in hard times because we all do god help yeah. me we know that there is a god but why right. like you say why it offends me offends me uh, that there is a God and I don't want to follow him because it means that I have to commit to him. You know, I, I have to be faithful to him and I have to work for him. And then we see it this way, like you're saying it, I'm becoming a slave of him, right? But if we think about it, we are slaves of everything else. My work, <laughs> my sport, my desires, my wants, and at the end, that keeps me separated not only from God, keeps me separated from my family, from my friends. And at the end, it actually makes me uncomfortable. I'm not happy anymore with this freedom that I found and I'm fighting for. But since it's the only thing that I know, I will continue doing it, even if it's killing myself. You were speaking about it earlier, drugs. I know drugs are bad for me. I know they keep me in the street, living under a bridge, not eating, not sleeping, not doing those things. And I know it's bad for me. And I understand what addiction is, right? It's a physical condition of my body that I need to fight for and help. But at the same time, my my mentality is stronger, and I decide to stay there. I know that there is cure. I know that there is freedom, but I don't want to go for it. So when I find someone that says, Alex, there is something or someone that can help you, I feel offended. I'm like, but why do you want to help me? 
Why do you want to make? Why do you want to get me out of what I'm feel comfortable, even though I'm not? Right. But that's right. that's all I know. So I, again, the voice of the enemy is always trying to make me feel like God doesn't love me, that that mm -hmm. God created me by mistake, that I'm here because I don't know. I don't even know why I'm here, but it's not truth. You know, God right. created me because I have a purpose. And 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 I need to fulfill the purpose. Actually, uh, I had a dream uh, a while ago, Brian, that um, it, it felt so real that I've seen all these people that are on the street, homeless and addicted to, to drugs and other things. I, I kind of... I kind of heard in my dream that those people have a, a special call. That's why the enemy do, doesn't kill him, but he keeps them separated from God because he knows that if they start doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're going to have a great impact in, 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 in God's world. That's yeah. why they, they are a slave to that. And that's exactly what the, the devil does with us all the time. He wants to keep me enslaved with the freedom that he offers but if we look at it carefully, it's not freedom. It's, it's slavery. Right. The slavery that I'm attached to with God, it's going to set me free forever. Yeah. And that's true liberty. That's when true. We, when we realize that we were made to worship something, and to worship actually means to serve. It's not, it's not the music we sing uh, yeah. at church on Sundays. That's just a small portion of expressing but true worship actually means to serve. So like Jesus was saying, you're either going to serve the enemy and his false agenda for your life, or you're going to serve me and you can't have both. And so, you know, the idea that we are free, freed from slavery and bondage of darkness and the, and it just transfers into the kingdom of light. Now there's all kinds of joy and, and power. We have power. Now we have power to live a new way. We've got, We've got new thoughts. We can regenerate our minds. Like this liberty's plugged in. It's part of the throne room of God. It's part of God's, the essence and the passion of who he is. And so it's like, you know, I look at liberty like, who, who am I, who do I want to wake up and be like, right? Like my freedom comes from Christ. He calls me, Paul in Romans calls us slaves of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Why? It's because the cross, the blood on the cross that was shed actually purchases you and me. It's actually a payment that was paid. I mean, who was the greatest slave of righteousness, right? Like, who's the greatest example of the slave of righteousness is Jesus himself. Yeah. You know, the, the Bible says for the joy set before him, he's enduring the cross. He didn't want to do the cross. Who would, right? Like, even in the garden of Gethsemane, he gets to the point where he's like, no, nah, I'm out. Take this cup. I'm done. But what, what did, what did, how did he model a slave of righteousness in the garden? He said the most mature prayer that any human being could say. He said, Father, not my will, your will be done. Correct. Oh, that's the most mature place. Of, that, that's a slave of righteousness. So it's like, you know, we're not talking about slavery as in like, God degrades us and abuses us. It's a, it's we're slaves because we were purchased by Him, and there's a joy in this liberation to actually to actually be a bondservant and, and and actually 
I'll slave away for God the rest of my days because he's so good. He's so amazing. He's great. You know what I mean? So like, I want it. I want that. And like, if Jesus can model slave being a slave to righteousness, I think that kind of kills the whole argument, right? Like it's not a bad thing. It's awesome. And actually that's, I believe that's the hardest thing to do, Brian, to tell God, not my will, but your will. Oh, I agree. Cause I, I messed that up a lot. <laughs> because when I say that I'm giving <laughs> to him everything that I want everything that I desire everything yeah. that I have achieved so far is like here you know I don't want any of these things to distract me from admiring your beauty and your presence right amen it is hard amen. for us to do that even for followers of Jesus you know, like, wow. oh, it's very difficult, man, because there's these pressures and <laughs> there's the sin nature in us. There's the there's anxiety. I mean, we still feel all that stuff. But, yeah. you know, and I and I want to encourage the guys now, you know, like, um, Alex, I met you a, a little over a month or two months ago in, in uh, Kansas City. And and you're you've come into the Grace Ops culture. You're going to be building your band of brothers. And and I just, you know, we want to use the band of brothers and the Grace Ops culture for men to to spread the passion of just the five-star charge, which that's why we chose Liberty. Like you can see the depth of just that one charge in the five stars, you know, it's like just the beauty and the sharpening, you know, cause we call the five-star charge an anvil and our culture, something that helps forge our lives and make us better men. So um, I bomb in this area at least daily, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, but there's always, I'm always running into myself. And that's why Alex said it very powerfully. The only thing we're missing in our lives is the presence of God. Like he was talking about, I've got to go after God. I've got to dedicate my heart to God, not to the American ideals of liberty, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But I've got to know God like Adam and Eve did in the garden. I got to spend time in the presence of God. And that's when I get to enjoy the liberty I have in Christ as a son and everything that we're about has to do, it has to stay connected to the presence of God. Like you said it earlier, like a pastor, even a minister can lose focus of who he's supposed to, who he's doing the ministry for and get wrapped up in himself. Oh, that's a little convicting. Thanks for saying that, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm messing hear. with my head. What are you messing I, with my head for, man? <laughs> that's what we're brothers. You know what? I want to share with you something that, this kid told me yesterday. I also work with uh, here in our church with Forerunner Scouts. We have a group with the idea is to teach him, you know, survival stuff. But the main idea is uh, Malachi 4 6, 4 5 6. Yeah. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and, yeah. and vice versa. So, one of the things that we ask for your child to be in this group is that you have to be there as a, as a dad. Even if you're just standing in the corner, it's okay. But we need you there. We want your son to see you, that you're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and they get involved, you know. They start playing with us and with the kids and stuff. So that's an awesome thing. But yesterday, you know, after I gave, uh, I give the, the, the devotional when we meet. I'm the chaplain for, for, the, for the group. So after my teaching yesterday, this kid comes up to me. He's like, hey, I have a question for you. I said, What's up? Like, so 
God said that if Adam and Eve will eat from the tree, they will die. I say, yes. And he's like, so he lied. Mm. I'm like, what do you mean he lied? He said, they didn't die. They got expelled out of the garden, but they didn't die. I said, you know what? That's a pretty good thing a to good say. Question. <laughs> That's a good question. I never thought about it, but the, the Lord didn't say you're going to die as soon as you eat the fruit. He said you right. will surely die. And just so right. you know, we were created to be immortal. At the beginning, we were immortal. We were just to live in God in the garden forever. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. So when the Lord <laughs> said that we will die, or the men or men would die, it didn't mean like right there on the second. He said, Now you're gonna have a day that you're gonna die. And they had to go through all the punishment and consequences. And dying is part of it. You and I weren't, yeah. weren't created to die. We were created to be eternal. But guess what? The Lord still wants us to be eternal. That's right. why right after he did, he, he explained the consequences to Adam and Eve. He said, but I'll send you a savior. Yeah. If you live with him, you're going to be eternal with me again. But that was, I was, you know, I was surprised because this kid is no more than eight years old. Oh, wow. And he's That's a great question. And he's already thinking, hmm, God is a liar too. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm not saying that I did it, I know it's the Lord. But can you imagine if these kids go home and doesn't get an answer to his question? Right. And then instead of asking again, he goes and starts spreading it out with other kids. Oh, well, God lied because men didn't die. And that, that opens the door for the enemy to, to did exactly what he did in the beginning. You're not going to die. He just doesn't want you to know this thing, blah, blah. And, and the story right. repeats again. The history repeats again. And that's why, you know, we need to learn what the real freedom is in God so I can teach it to my future generations. And even though yeah. things are going to get harder in the future, they will not be a slave because they will not be willing to trade the, the, the temporary freedom and comfort in this world because it's going to get harder in the future versus eternity in, God, in, in heaven with God. That's right. one of the things that we need to do. And and I love, you know, what we're doing. And I shared with you this before. Um, since I uh, became a Christian, the Lord called me to work in the kids ministry. But this year, 2022, starting in December last year, I started feeling that the Lord is pulling me more to work with adults, with men. And it's not yeah. that I didn't want to work with men before. It's just I, I, I felt the need that most adults don't want to work with children. Sometimes we don't even want to work with our own children. Why <laughs> with someone else's children, right? But yeah. the Lord, and it's not just me, me and my whole family, we're, we feel that we're called to work in the kids' ministry. But now changing, the, the Lord is moving these the pieces. And now that I'm connecting with someone like you, Brian, and I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you, that... The Lord is giving me ideas. What can I do, you know, to start working with men so I can start working so hard with kids and they can start taking their own place in their own families with their own children and all the children around them. So yeah. 
I, I believe that the freedom, uh, the real freedom, like you said at the beginning, is not what the world offers, but the, the freedom that the Lord gives me is to be a slave of him. That's the real that's freedom. Right. That's yeah, that's what we get to model. I th- no, I think you're, you're, uh, you got a great, you got great passion for God and great definitions of, of this stuff. And, um, I, I like it. And, you know, the kid, man, that guy asked a good question. Um, and yeah, you're right. He, he has to have an answer to that question. And, uh, and you know, Adam and Eve, they did die. They did. There, there was parts of them that died yeah. when they had to cover themselves with the fig leaves. I mean, there was a, there was a death that took place. Something big changed in it. You know, they got introduced to darkness in a big way. You know, they started feeling those forces right away. And, uh, and then they, yeah, they did physically die. They did eventually die. You know, like you said, God, you know, but you know, the cool thing in that story I love, uh, was when they did get banned from the garden and they went into exile, God went with them. Like we always got to remember that, like God always goes with us. And even in our own types of exile today, God is with us. God is so present with us. And there's, he's passionate for people. And so like, you know, whoever you are listening to this, God wants to use you. God's with you right now. Your life can change right now. Like you can actually, maybe you don't know the liberty of Christ. Maybe you need to understand what it means to be purchased by the cross. Maybe you need to receive that gift of salvation, right? Like, and maybe you've uh, spit on that gift. Maybe you need to kind of wake up a little bit and dust off the, you know, get the dust off of yourself and get engaged in the kingdom of God, because that's where we find true joy. That's where we find true, the, the, the liberty of God brings great joy with it. You know, like the prosperity of God has way more to do than how much money I have in the bank. You know, it's, it's, it is stewarding my, there's a lot of stewardship in my spirit in my physical material possessions, but like, I even look at like, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I, I like how we, we threw this in there, like the whole concept, we don't want to remove the idea of suffering from the Bible, because, you know, it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed this life of just riches. And, you know, you're not going to suffer nothing bad's ever going to happen to you. Um, it's quite the opposite. You know, when I, when I go after Christ, it's like I painted a fresh target on me and the enemy is going to try to take me out, you know? And, uh, and that can come with all kinds of stuff. And we live in America, so we don't even know what it's like to be hungry in this day and age. You know, like half the world's like trying to figure out what they're going to eat for dinner tonight, or they might eat for two or three days. Right. Like, like we have a first, we do have first world problems and, and that's, you know, that's cool. Thank God. But no matter what comes our way, you know, Alex said it perfectly. He said, it's about being faithful. We just have to be faithful to God. So in your uh, in our five-star charge, I just want to close with this thought here. Uh, I just wanted to read liberty to you. This is what we're committing to, guys, in the Grace Ops culture in the five-star charge. My liberty in Christ was paid with a high price. I acknowledge that grace empowers me to walk in liberty and to live free from darkness. I share this liberty with God's people. And together we empower one another by remembering the power of our salvation. So that's kind of how we define it on the five-star charge. And well, Alex, I just wanted to uh, close us in prayer. And thank you for your time today. Do you want to close us in prayer? I like hearing you pray, man. Sure. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. So Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, for today. I always want to thank you for the beautiful day that you give us every day. It's a special day, Lord. 
and, and today is not an exception. I thank you for for my brother Brian, Lord, and for the desires of his heart, because I know his heart is connected to yours. And, and thank you for the freedom that you have given us through Jesus. All I ask today is that you help us, Father God, to understand what the freedom is all about. It's a freedom that I, I can receive from you, but I need to share with others for that freedom to be stable and to grow. And I just thank you, Lord. And I pray for every person that is watching it, watching or listening to this podcast today, Lord. That they can, that, that they will be able to ask you for freedom and that you will grant them freedom, Lord. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know the situation of their lives, but we pray for them. Yes. We pray that you will, Father God, will show them your love, your mercy, your compassion, because that's who you are. You want us, you want us to be free and blessed. And we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. Lord. And we pray. Awesome, man. That's how life is. <laughs> pray in the midst of the noise of the world, right? It's like no matter what happens. Don't worry, I got five thoughts. So <laughs> well, hey, as you. always. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, man. I didn't hear I you. thank you, Father God. And once again, help us to understand and enjoy your freedom and to share with all the people around us especially our families. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 And as always, as we always say, until next time, live upright.